1: Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds, a victory edition of Spits and Suds. Well, I'll tell you what, if you go to the AAC this year, it's almost like the stars should charge just a little bit more because you're getting overtime after overtime. This team, you just can't leave the bar. That's just factual. If you're watching the game, if they're up by two goals with just over two minutes left, you cannot go grocery shopping, folks. You have to stay in front of your TV. If you're at the arena, I understand you want to beat traffic after a nice Saturday afternoon tilt with your team up too, just over two minutes left. <sighs> but the stars head into the all-star break with another victory this time over Washington by the score of five to four. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. Thank you so much for being with us. We truly appreciate it. Thank you so much for growing Spits and Suds. A massive stick tap to you. We're having a great month as far as downloads, and that is because of you. We're not taking time off at next week's All-Star break. Wanted to say front and center, Rich Peverly will join the show on Monday. So super excited. That should be out late Monday afternoon, and we'll talk about Pev's, career and what he's doing now as the development coach for the Dallas Stars. So really excited to talk to him about the minor leagues, what's happening with there, and then get into his career. And the thing to know about Rich Peverly uh, was he was undrafted coming out of St. Lawrence. So Um, fought for everything that, you know, he's received and it's a great story and excited to talk to rich on Monday for all of you on spits and suds. We love doing these one timers where we do a deep dive into their careers. And I I love hearing the excitement in their voice when they talk about the childhood or in Rich's case, raising the cup, things like that. So it's uh, it's uh, pretty cool. We'll even get some Atlanta thrashers talk in, of course. <laughs> and we'll ask Rich if another team should be in Atlanta. So let's get into this game today. First of all, let's start with the beginning. And let's talk about the Dallas Stars as an organization and take a step back. And we can criticize the organization at times. If Jim Nill's too tight to the cap, we can criticize that. Um, we can criticize some other things, maybe about the stars organization, but when you look at this recent regime and you look at president Brad, Brad Alberts, bringing the all-star game here, um, bringing, uh, the draft here, I should say, bringing, uh, the winter classic here, making Dallas a destination and the same for Jim Nil. players want to play in this city. And we could say, of course they do, Gavin. Why wouldn't they? Well, the same team that or a different team that is in that arena with the Dallas Mavericks, you've seen the struggles they've had with free agents. You've even seen the Cowboys struggle to pull in some free agents at times. Um, and the Texas Rangers have done a good job. A lot of that has to do with the new facilities. Um, but and Chris Young at the helm and uh, JD prior to that. But I think people want to play here. And what we saw before the game is the reason Matt Duchesne had several teams to choose from. He chose Dallas. He wanted to come here for a couple of reasons, the relationship he has with Tyler Sagan, as well as um, always like Dallas as a destination, obviously coming here over the years. And he thought Dallas is very close and maybe he can take them over the top. That was all said. But it's those small things like today's ceremony with the 1,000th game. And Razor pointed it out in the broadcast how, and they talked about it after the game, Pete DeBoer was talking with Jim Nill about how ceremonies have changed and how organizations are doing so much of a better job celebrating 1,000 games I actually asked Luds on this program about 1,000 and he can't even remember a ceremony so it's certainly changed it's not like a pat on the back here's a here's a metal stick you know I mean they bring the family out and the stars went a little extra with Duchesne's son Bo on skates scoring you know in, in a skate and the bullhorn going off kudos to you that were there early in the barn, cheering him on. I mean, that's a memory that a dad won't forget. I mean, granted he scored today and that's awesome. And having his family all there is awesome. But you know, you hear Joe Pavelski talk about it. Now you hear Matt Duchesne talk about it. And these are guys that are traveled. It's one thing for a Wyatt Johnston to come in and say, boy, this organization's great. Well, Wyatt Johnston doesn't know any other organization. And then you look at a Matt Duchesne, who's been in Colorado, who has been in Ottawa, who has been in Nashville and who has been in Columbus and all reports and all remarks is how happy he is to be in Dallas this year. Ultimately, money wins the day, right? I mean, that's that. That's the reality is, is that if Matt Duchesne is offered a fat contract, we could lose Matt Duchesne offer this, after this season. But I do want to put in a perspective. Matt Duchesne over his career now has made a total value of $105 million in contracts. Actually, 105.6. million. So And he's still getting paid for Nashville, along with Dallas. So combined, it's a pretty penny. So he's getting paid very well. But I think when it comes to a Matt Duchesne, there's something that has, I don't want to say greater importance, but maybe as much importance. Because what he has right now is generational wealth, and kudos. He came up as a 19-year-old, and he flourished immediately from Colorado. He's had a heck of a career. And you know what? He doesn't look like he's slowing down. We may have another Pavelski on our hands. I mean, what we saw today with the puck movement, the passing, you know, I mean, he's just a special player in this Dallas Stars system. But how nice would it be if Matt Duchesne does what Joe Pavelski does Did And says, I want to stay here based on how they treat me based on, you know, I've made enough money. I'm getting paid a fair salary along with Nashville still paying me. So we might see that. But I will say this. Kudos to the stars. Stick tap to the stars uh, for a lovely ceremony at the beginning. And they've done it for Pavelski. They've done it for others. I just think it's really, really cool. You know, it's it's also awesome when you see Brad Alberts come out and then you see Jim Nill come out. But then when you see Essa Lindell, the little thing, bringing the roses to all the ladies, including the mother, including the sister, the wife, and the little daughter. That was a special, special touch. And what a great jacket she was wearing. Speaking of which, <laughs> Duchesne's daughter, I mean, I, I want one of those adult size 1000 games on the back and flashing all the sweet logos of the teams he's been on. That was a nice jacket. And on top of that, Jamie Ben presenting a Rolex, um, you know, and from what we've heard, uh, a lot of the boys are sticking around and they're leaving tomorrow on their little vacations because they wanted to celebrate Duchesne. That's special. That's a team bond. That's a brotherhood. And that's a room that's really tight when you think about it. If people are sticking around from their most precious days off, just an extra night so that they could say, thank you. Congratulations. Let's have some frosties. Let's enjoy the night before we go away. I like that a lot. That is a very, very tight room with a lot of leadership in that room. You know, you look at the leadership and Jamie Ben's the captain, but we all know Jamie is, uh, on the ice, you know, the captain as far as, you know, he shows it on the ice. He shows his work ethic, but probably not the most vocal uh, guy in the room. We've seen that in the past, right? But then you add a former captain and Joe Pavelski, then you add a Matt Duchesne with his leadership. Then you add a Tyler Sagan in that room. So there's a, There's a lot of people that can speak up in that room. And I like that a lot because when the stars and they haven't gone through a lengthened slump this year, but if they do, I can guarantee you one of those guys is going to speak in that room and that's what you need. So let's talk about the scoring. And it was actually Washington that got on the board first 940 into the first period, and it was a fluke goal. And we can talk about Jake Ottinger's play today. uh, But at the same time, a lot of screens in front of him. I'm not trying to defend Jake Ottinger. But the reality is, uh, first shot on net, uh, blocked by Hockenpah. And and then Anthony Manta, who's just got a beast of a shot. You saw him hit the crossbar later in the game. Uh, But I mean, that block by Paw, which nothing you can do. I mean, it went off his foot right back to Manta and just a laser like on a tee and it went uh past ottinger and it was quickly one nothing uh, halfway through the first period uh the washington capitals and give a lot of credit to washington uh really really appreciate grant paulson joining me yesterday we did a a cap stars preview and i got some great feedback on that so thank you so much Uh, When you guys listen to those previews, because I want people to go into the game with some overall knowledge of who the stars are playing and what to look for. And, you know, one of the things that Grant was talking about was, albeit this is an older team, this can be a very tough Washington team to play, especially defensively. They're not going to necessarily, you know, uh, they, they don't skate. Uh, overly fast, but they are going to clog things up. And we saw that today. Um, And they got great goaltending, which we also uh, talked about. So stars, what they do, they streaky, they use their speed quickly one-to-one in the first Wyatt Johnston, uh, not too long after that uh, first goal. Uh, You know, Wyatt Johnston Is going to be expensive and if you're Jim Nil, you're okay with that Thomas Harley is going to be expensive these are good issues to have because it means that your young players are performing uh, at at a high level so um, you know this play and this shows how quick the stars are it actually was started in the star zone and it was a two on two and one of those was a Vetchkin and Miro Haskinen did something very subtle, but basically it was the play that caused the breakout where, you know, uh, the pass was going across to Ovechkin and Miro stuck the stick out one-handed and just pushed it enough to Wyatt Johnston. Well, he does a C pivot, which basically means almost a full circle uh, pivot. And he just goes, passes it to Rupe hence. And I mean, think of that. An up-ice pass to Rupe Hintz, and Rupe Hintz then does a drop pass, and who does it go to? Wyatt Johnston. How fast is Wyatt Johnston to make that happen? Just the quickness to make that turn, to get it to Hintz, and then get the puck back. And, I mean, he went shelf, and it was 1-1. And then all of a sudden the stars say, you know what? Two goals in two minutes, not a problem. I mean, this happened seconds later. In fact, Thomas Harley stars will won the face off, put it in the Washington uh, zone, a Harley with a seeing eye wrister. Jamie Ben is the player that made this happen. Great screen in front of Lindgren. In fact, Jamie Ben was really good tonight. Jamie Ben, I saw him several times exert his physicality. Uh, Jamie Ben was in front of net, causing some issues, almost got a goal past Lindgren. In fact, if you look at the replay, uh, Jamie Ben's stick was underneath Lindgren's pads. That's the kind of Jamie Ben we want out there. So I wanted to uh, stick tap the captain. I thought he uh, actually really, really played well. So those goals were 19 seconds in between. And then Robertson had a point-blank opportunity, but a nice save by Lindgren. Lindgren played terrific tonight. In fact, if you don't, you're wondering, like, okay, who is the Caps player of the game? Well, clearly it was Lindgren, who's been good in net uh, all you know all season, just can't stay healthy. That's the biggest thing. So back and forth we go in the second period until Rasmus Sandin, Stars couldn't get it out of the zone. The one thing I will say is that, as much as I love Harley and Haskinen, and we love goals. There are times, and you look at this goal, where the Stars struggled to get out of the zone, and that scares me with this pairing because going against a bigger size Caps team, a lot of stick-checking, and the Caps were able to move it around the boards and keep it in the zone. That uh, results in a Capitals uh, goal. and. um It also started with Jake Ottinger, just a, you know, the, the puck went in on Ottinger into the zone and rather than push it behind, he kind of pushed it to Harley on the side. But by the time the puck got there, the Washington forecheck got there and that kind of started things. So uh, probably if Jake Ottinger had to do it over again, would have handled the puck a little bit differently. Um, Stars got into some trouble. And now we're scored uh, now. Sorry, the scoring is at two to two stars do go on the power play. Uh, Duchesne wins the face off. Always big. You know, one of the things that the stars do so well is face off and controlling the puck. They're one of the better teams in the face off circle. And that is absolutely a, a difference maker. So Matt Duchesne playing in that ceremonial game wins the face off puck goes over to Sagan from Haskin just a nice pass in front of the net to Mason Marchman. You know, what's interesting is the Sagan pass right on his stick. This is the, actually the time. This is something I get frustrated with, with the stars defenseman where they get out position, but in this case, it was the Washington defenders who struggled today and they had a tough time positioning. Mason Marchman thought Marchman did a real nice job using his body on that. Had a tap in, stars go in front uh, by the score of uh, three to two. And uh, then the caps turnover. And the stars take advantage. Duchesne to Marchmont, back to Duchesne. 17th of the year for Matt Duchesne. He is on pace for his second best season ever. That's how good he's been in a star sweater for two good guys. Like I said, you kind of have your eye on the TV, but you're ready to shut it off. You're grabbing your recycled bags ready to head to the grocery store, you know, run some errands before everything closes so you can come back in in the semi-chilly Saturday night and relax. <sighs> Sam Steele takes a tripping penalty, and the Caps take advantage, and it is Alex Ovechkin who scores, which makes it 4-3. to three. And then, under a minute left kind of a controversial goal, I think, in that I thought the whistle had blown and I thought Ottinger kind of relaxed, but you could see upon replay that the puck was not necessarily fully in the pads. I thought it was in the pads enough and I thought the whistle had blown. I was surprised that it was a goal. Uh, I'm excited to look at the official explanation uh, did not come out during the game, so we're still waiting for that to happen. Um, and Toronto looked at it, and they deemed it a goal. So all of a sudden, we're four-on-four. Four. But we do have Thomas Harley in overtime, and uh, that's what Thomas Harley does, right? So <laughs> in overtime, Thomas Harley uh beats Lindgren, scores and the local crowd the boys go down happy everyone will forget about this two goals in two minutes situation (laughs) except us at Spitz and suds because listen guys you need to close out games i said a lot of good things about the capitals in this game but it's still a team that has struggled on the road and had lost three straight to Central Division opponents, okay? And two of those were St. Louis and Minnesota. Not the best in the division, right? So they were struggling. They were looking for any points. I appreciate the hustle of coming back. However, you have to shut down those teams. Because what happens against a Vegas, what happens against a Colorado? And we've seen that a couple of times where the stars have had multi-goal leads, in fact, twice against Colorado, and they haven't been able to maintain it. And I think that's why they have to go out and get another defenseman. I understand it might mean scratching somebody, but at the same time, you got to be better in your own zone during the closing seconds. You need to exert your physicality or quickness and win along the boards. You need to get that puck out of the zone. And you know what stop shooting for the net especially if you're short-handed just fire it down the zone so that said a win's a win right come on <laughs> come on gavin be optimistic i was on the starcastic remarks podcast the other day and then they popped on spits and suds just great brothers really really cool time being on with them and i did happen to look at the chat and everyone's like who's this negative guy come on stars one who's this negative guy and i'm like i'm just trying to be realistic so I mean, that that's that's how I roll. So let's get to your uh, questions. And uh, thank you so much uh, for your feedback. Uh, Always appreciate it right here on Spits and Suds. Okay, Rudy says, what a way to head into the all star break. What a showing by the boys, even after a late slip. Nice grit to get the OT win. Come away with two points the hard way. Absolutely, Rudy. Really appreciate it. And uh, Rudy, I am so excited that you send me a message after every game and you have become this massive hockey fan. Uh, It's great to see. It's the reason we do spits and suds. Uh, I agree. I mean, let's celebrate it. Let's also realize that they got to fix those final minutes uh, and they need to be better in that category. But you know what? As opposed to last year, they're winning now in OT. And a lot of that has to do with Thomas Harley. Brian Tatum at Brian Tatum says that was frustrating time management at the end should have cleared it down the boards on the penalty kill instead of trying to score. Then a high hard shot that comes back out of the zone uh, leading to tie the game. What are your thoughts? Thank you for an always great podcast. Well, stick tap to you, Brian. Thank you for listening and supporting spits and suds. So the reality, Brian, is I completely agree with you. I don't care if you score in that situation unless you're in their zone, even at, if you're at the red line, I, I, you know what, just fire it because that's the advantage. I've always said that if there are seconds remaining, let's say like under 20, why not commit a penalty if, you know, they're in your zone and they're threatening to score and they're putting a lot of pressure on you. I mean, you might as well, right? Because then you can fire it down without icing. You can get line changes. You can do it all. Um, Yes, you are a man down, but at the same time, you know, I, I kind of look at that as not as much a disadvantage as some people do. And that's why I think the NHL should institute a cool rule um, that I've brought up on Spits and Suds, and I've talked to Sean about it. And yes, it's out of the box, but three on three was out of the box at one time. My thinking is the following with less than two minutes to play, if a penalty is committed by the team that is down you add that time to the clock game does not end until the penalty is clearly finished. So to me, that would add a lot of excitement that would reduce penalties. I think it, you know, fans would go wild and it's like, here we go. We got an extension. And if another penalty happens, extend the game again. I mean, why not? Yeah, sure. Would there be some flops? Absolutely. But you know what? You're allowed to call flops now. So I just think it would be a cool rule. Uh, And it would extend the game and fans would totally be into it. I understand the NHL player association would be like, uh, no, we already play overtime and then we do a shootout. Uh, Our players need rest. I get that. But I'm just saying, you know, how cool would it be if a penalty is committed that, you know, all of a sudden um, you're, you know, allowed to get, you know, continue the game and you get more chances. So fuzzy wuzzy, boom, boom. Fuzzy says, sent you and Sean Shapiro, my trade suggestion in DM. But my question would be with the line changes, how do we utilize Ben, Dodonoff, and Pavelski more? Well, we've seen the speed of Wyatt Johnston add to the Rope Hints line. Um, we have also seen a reduction in speed uh, when it comes. Uh, to the other uh, line with the Donoff, but donoff has been moved to the fourth line for the most part uh, in the last few games, and uh, then with uh, Jamie Ben. So uh, let me look up Jamie uh, Joe Pavelski for you guys real quick, because I mean, to me, since moving on to that line, you know, he has not been the same, and that's one of my you know concerns. It's great what Wyatt Johnston's doing. Um, but yeah, if you look at the last, well, you know, not bad last uh, last six games, he has four points. so not bad, not bad. I mean it's not the same as being on that other line, um, but at the same time, you know, uh, not bad and you know, they're probably getting used to each other right now, Joe Pavelski uh, plus three on the year and he has 43 points in 49 games played. So uh, as for the trade, that Fuzzy sent us. Basically, Fuzzy was looking at acquiring Andrew Peak, who was drafted 34th overall a few years ago. He's a right-handed defenseman with two years left uh, on his contract with the Columbus Blue Jackets. That contract's $2.75 million. There's no trade clause in there. And It's a right-handed defenseman who played a lot of minutes in the last two years. And now all of a sudden, because of the Columbus defensive depth and I know Columbus is not a great team right now, but they do have defensive depth. Fuzzy was thinking, can we get a right-handed defenseman, maybe pair that defenseman with a Miro and give Miro his strong side. Finally. So, uh, looked into it. And thank you so much, uh, Fuzzy. And the question is, is, you know, 34th overall. And are you going to trade a 25 year old defenseman? Granted, he's not playing. But at the same time, you know, and the reason he's not playing, uh, he was playing and then Zach Wierenski just came back who a lot of people don't know who Zach Wierenski is, but he's a terrific defenseman for Columbus. Columbus doesn't get the notoriety that other teams do. Um, so Andrew Peak is finding himself on the outside uh, once again. So according to natural stat trick uh, in five on five, here's the disadvantages with Andrew peak on the ice 43.9%. Uh, Unblocked attempts, 43.5 shots on goal, 44.8% goals for percentage, 45.2% expected goals for percentage, uh, 37.2% scoring chances, 40.1% high-danger scoring chances, 34.4% high-danger goals for percentage. So um, he is third among the Blue Jackets defensemen in hits with 31 fifth-in-blocked shots. Uh, with 1.9 on average per game. So, you know, I mean, he's a minus four on the ice. uh, And I think it could be like those advanced analytics. Um, Those are the disadvantages that I just read to you. But at the same time, it could be because he's in and out of the lineup and really just hasn't had sustainable play. And we've seen that with Nils Lundqvist, and we can all agree that Nils Lundqvist is a lot better since getting in the lineup on a regular basis. So the question is, is what would Columbus want in return for Andrew Peak? And I think it would actually be, um, I don't want to say a haul, but I think it would be pretty good. Fuzzy, you suggested a third-round pick in Radic Foxa. Let me start with the second. I will be shocked if a team takes on Radic Foxa. I would not want to take on that contract. Why would I take on $3 million for a fourth-line player who doesn't score? I just, you know, nice player in there every night. I always say if Radic Foxa was paid $1 or $2 million, that's great. And there have been a couple people on this podcast that just say, forget about the contract. I can't forget about the contract because I can't move the player. Not to mention he has a modified no-trade clause. So he does have certain amount of teams, and maybe Columbus is on that list. I, I don't know, but I just don't see a team eager to get Radic Fox, who's not an expiring free agent after this year. So um, I think you're going to have to give more uh, and more than a third-round pick, and I just don't think at that point that Andrew Peak is worth it unless Columbus just wants to shed that salary. And then the question is, how could Dallas make up that salary since they're right up against uh, – the, the cap. Brandon, at Branch Ferds, and by the way, Fuzzy, thank you so much for the trade suggestion. I think it's like a deep dive that I really enjoyed getting into, and I love that you're looking into players like Andrew Peake. Personally, I wouldn't do it, but I'm intrigued, and the fact that I'm intrigued means you did your homework, and that's what I love about you and so many other Spits and Suds listeners, so stick tap to you, Fuzz. Alright, Brandon says, at uh, Bronch, B-R-O-N-C-H, Furda. I love these afternoon tilts. Uh, Your boy is fresh right now. (laughs) Something that opens up some cap space for us and then make a trade for an extra defenseman. Hopefully both of these items in one trade, no matter what, we got to do something to shed some cap. I completely agree. And, you know, it might be a situation where you have to trade one of your good players and not getting anything in return. What you're getting in return is your shedding cap. And I don't know who that player is. It would be an offseason move, but you might have to say goodbye to someone who has been pretty good for this team um, just to say, you know what, we need the cap space because we need to do some things differently. You could try to make a trade, but if I'm a team looking to make a trade, I'm going after some of these younger players on the stars. I'm not, I'm not looking for a, a veteran. I'm looking for a younger, I'm not looking for Mason Marchman. I'm not looking for Radick Foxa, okay? I'm not looking for Craig Smith. I'm not looking for Sam Steele. I'm not looking for those players. If I'm a GM of another team, I'm looking for that first-round draft pick of Dallas. I'm looking for future high picks from Dallas. I'm also looking at Wyatt Johnston. Not as much as I'm, you know, looking at maybe a Maverick Bork or a Logan Stankoven. and I'm looking at the proven puck, po- uh, you know, proven product. Now, you probably say, like, you know, Gavin, you crazy. Of course, we're not going to trade Wyatt Johnston. I agree, <laughs> but I'm looking at that if I'm the opposing GM. And then I'm also looking. My second trade target, if I like Maverick Bork, I'm going after him because I think when you look at the star's depth at center and if they re-sign Duchesne and they still have Sagan and they still have Wyatt Johnston and they have Rupay Hintz, they are deep at center to the point where they've had flexibility. That's why they're so good on the faceoff circle because it doesn't matter if they get kicked out. They usually have two to three people every single shift that can take a draw and win it. So um, that would be the person that I'd be looking at, you know, especially maybe a Montreal or something since he is uh, a Quebec native. I'm played in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, you know, get a local back up there, you know. But at the same time, you know, if you want to give up Maverick Bork, let's switch to the stars. You know, I better be getting something, you know, pretty darn good uh, as far as value back. And that would have to be a defenseman with another year left on his contract. I'm not going to trade Bork. I'm not going to trade Stankoven for an expiring contract. I'm just not going to do it. If that means I'm out of the playoff picture, then so be it. But I'm not going to mortgage my my uh, future. Personally, I want to see Bork, Stankoven, and Bixel in this lineup to see what this Dallas team can do. All right. Rupert says, Jamie Ben was with the net front presence yeah totally agree that's a great point by you Rupert he was the net front presence and he was very very impressive tonight all right uh our boy Jordan H Harper hockey fan uh let's see Sean Shapiro talked about this with me a few weeks ago on the podcast also during the draft cycle TSN's Bob McKenzie talked about it if I recall correctly and as I move up they are talking about David's tweet a few hours ago. So how the H E double hockey sticks for the young hockey fans listening out there. Did Thomas Harley fall in the 2019 NHL draft? This is not hindsight. Everyone knew Roberg was more of a project. Soderstrom and York were good, but not the most physically gifted. So how did the six foot three puck mover playing big minutes for Mississauga get picked after them? You know, you look at the NHL draft uh, every single year and you're like, okay, how did this person fall? And the stars have been guilty of this over the years. You know, I remember Vlad Tarasenko getting taken, you know, after a star and I'm like, oh my God, you see some of the uh, guys picked in the second round. And it's like, oh yeah, that's the year we drafted Jason Dickinson. Not that Dickinson's not bad, you know, he's, he's a good NHL player, but I mean, you have the opportunity to get great. So I think, um, you know, how was he overlooked? I think probably the same way Wyatt Johnston was o- overlooked, and you know, that's advanced scouting and kudos to the stars uh staff who has really, really improved as far as scouting and drafting the last few years. Uh, you know, albeit Riley Tufty was a tough one, but at the same time, you know, when you look at you know Harley. When you look at Wyatt Johnston, and we all know the draft, uh, Jason Dickinson, Rope Hence, Jake Ottinger. So, uh, you know, all these players are homegrown, and that's just absolutely wonderful. You don't want a team of all free agents. You know, you want and you need homegrown talent. And Jim Nill on his Q&A, which we talked about with Sean Shapiro on Spits and Suds, one of the things the GM brought up was, those players that are down right now, we need them to get out of this cap space H E double X H uh, E double L that we're involved in right now. I mean, just cap restraints left and right. So I don't know how he fell, but I will say this: the Thomas Harley that initially came up was not the Thomas Harley that's um, now. And kudos and credit to the Stars system, sent him back down, and Thomas Harley learned to play a different game. Was the number one defenseman in Texas? Logged a ton of minutes. Grew as an individual. Was around some cool AHL uh, vets. I know I mentioned his name a lot, but when you look at that Bork Stankoven line, who else is on there? And that is our our boy Curtis McKenzie. Because Curtis McKenzie, if anyone goes after Bork, if anyone goes after Stankoven, Curtis McKenzie is going to be there. He can also put the puck in the net, by the way. Curtis has had just, you know, a real, real nice career, you know, uh, in the American Hockey League. But it's also that leadership off the ice as the captain, as a guy who's been there, as a guy who's been in the NHL. He teaches these guys how to play. And Thomas Harley has been vocal about. Vocal about learning how to play the game, coming back up. And we saw a much different Thomas Harley personality. And I hate to use the word cocky um, because I don't want anyone, you know, thinking, you know, because cocky takes on uh, a lot of personality traits that kind of labels you, you know, negatively. the All these players have to be confident. But I do think Thomas Harley came up the first time. And just felt as though he understood how to play the game, and knew that, you know, I know what it takes. But it wasn't till he went down and then came back up, and you saw the difference. And that's why I'm excited that Liam Bixel's in the Swedish elite team, uh, sorry, Swedish elite League, because you know, Liam Bixel has to grow as well. And he was growing in the AHL, and he's growing in Sweden, and that is a high level of hockey in Sweden. And when he comes back, Hopefully, he'll be even closer to being uh, NHL ready. By the way, at David Castillo, AC is David Castillo. And since we're heading to the uh, All Star break, I want to uh, throw out uh, if you could follow the sub stack of David Castillo, uh, Robert Tiffin, who also writes for uh, D Magazine. So follow him on Twitter, Sean Shapiro on Twitter and his sub stack. And obviously, you know, support LUDS. Uh, There's a big uh, alumni game happening next Saturday night as the Stars alumni are taking on SMU. So there are going to be some really, really cool names from the past. And we'll talk about it this week on Spits and Suds. Uh, So a good opportunity to take uh, the kids. It's in Farmer's Branch at the Dr. Pepper Star Center, uh, or probably called the Children's uh, Star Center now. Um, But. You know, I mean, tickets are as low as $10. Uh, The tickets go to the Dallas Stars uh, Foundation, which is terrific, uh, doing great work in our DFW community. So it's a great opportunity to take some kids. You know these guys are going to be autograph friendly. uh, So it should be a a, a great time. And our own Craig Ludwig will be uh, playing in that game uh, as well. So uh, thank you so much for supporting David, Robert, Sean. Uh, specifically. They really help out on this podcast and I love their insight and they love being a part of the Spitz and Suds family. So let's close by talking about Jake Ottinger. And I said this the other night, if you're asking my opinion, am I hitting the panic button? No. Is that panic button getting a little bit closer? Not really, but I do have my hand up possibly to press it. And I think this break's going to be good for Jake, even though it won't be as restful as staying at home. It's good that he gets to be around all stars. It's good that he gets this experience and it's pretty awesome that he gets to represent, you know, hockey here in DFW at such a special place. uh, One of the Meccas in Toronto. Uh, So I'm not necessarily like overly worried Um, I think a lot of the goals today were on, on screens. I am concerned that teams seem to be focusing on that glove side of Jake Ottinger. And that's where a lot of goals are sliding in. Um, it has been brought up on spits and suds, and now I'm seeing it on a more regular basis. I think the caps put an emphasis on it today. You know, these guys get charts, they know where to shoot and all they have to do is have it in their mind. And they're so good. They can fire it at any time to the place they want it to be. So uh, let's see how Jake comes out of the break. We still have to understand, still getting his feet underneath him, coming back from the injury. Uh, clearly, we need a elite Jake Ottinger back if this team uh, wants to make the run. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I still think if uh, the defensive pairings were better in front of him um, and he didn't have such high-quality shots against him at times, um, But, you know, today their goals against average, by the way, um, is up there. I'd love to see it down to about 2.5. Right now it's around 3. I'd love to see that cut um, by half a goal by the end of the regular season. I think that would be really good. So uh, I want to thank you also. A lot of you have um, left comments on apple Podcasts or spotify and that really helps as far as our search engine optimization when someone puts in stars uh, podcast really appreciate all the five stars and the reviews thank you so much for talking about this podcast because when people look and they see the reviews and I, i saw one the other day You know, really appreciate the insiders that they have on and the deep dive as far as what they talk about the Dallas Stars and the NHL. That means a lot because other people will see those comments and then we'll grow this thing together. It's not just about us. It's about growing hockey in DFW. That's why I was so excited to have a collaboration podcast wise with the boys at uh, Starcastic Remarks because that's what we're all about. I'll appear on their podcast. They appear on my podcast Uh, You know, I like doing those things. That's, that's a lot of fun because, you know, it promotes both podcasts and together we grow this great game. So I hope everyone had a great Saturday. That's going to do it. Uh, We have some great shows happening uh, next week. As always, you can reach out to me at G J spittle with questions, opinions, comments, something you want to hear on the program. And uh, thank you. One and all real nice afternoon tilt today. Stars pull it off in overtime. Just one point back from first place in the Central Division. For now, Winnipeg plays tonight. They are in second place in the Central Division. Have a great night, everybody.